While political and economic tensions rise across the globe, a new report shows that an even more dire trend is rising, nuclear proliferation. With the breakdown of various arms treaties, analysts say the manufacturing of nuclear weapons is now at an all-time high since the end of the Cold War. This new arms race and current political rhetoric has caused many experts to conclude that a nuclear confrontation between multiple nations is inevitable. Pimps don't commit suicide. And neither do people with severe radiation poisoning. This is Spoilers. This is Spoilers. Pap, why? You know Southland Tales didn't get the most plays. It's not the most known of our jokes. Everyone knows the classic film Southland Tales, (laughs) just like everyone's soon to know about the new classic film, Night into Day. But this is Pappy, like Josh mentioned. We do this sometimes, and it's a little bit scary. First of all, thank you for listening, because um, I'm guessing you didn't know about Night Into Day before you clicked on this. You might, you must just like us, but sometimes a director will reach out to us, a humble spoilers podcast, and ask us to review their movie. And we did ask for the standard Patreon rate to have uh, Ben Hall's Night Into Day movie reviewed. This movie's available on Amazon if you haven't seen it, but... It was commissioned by Ben Hall. This is a small indie movie that we're reviewing. Skeleton Crew tonight, Split Camps. Uh, let's introduce ourselves. Um, super quick, what would you do in the event of a nuclear explosion in Elkhart, Indiana, or Fort Wayne, Indiana? Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. <sighs> I think it's just sad that in the modern day world, like you're kind of forced to consider this. <laughs> From time to time, but uh, I think my family, I, th- I think we'd run to Kosciuszko County. And for those of you that aren't from Indiana, it's just it's like a county. Oh, dunk. Yeah, it's a county south of where we live, and it just gets real rural real fast. And we have family that has like a little bit of land out there, and we could just chill and hunker down. Swiss Family Robinson style, Brett. I know you wouldn't be able to get robbed because you'd be too ready to go, but what would be your game plan in the event of a nuclear attack on Fort Wayne? All right. So, well, first of all, people, if you're listening, you probably really like us. And my brother, Brian, is a patron, and he, uh, he'll he be listening to this pod. Uh, he had to go to the hospital today. We're really, uh, really pulling for him to get better and uh, hope you like this episode, Brian. Um, Love you, brother, Brian. Um. So are we like assuming that since we're in Elkhart or Fort Wayne that we might get a little bit of the radiation or are we talking about like we're in the situation from the movie? Let's go situation from the movie. You, there's an Oof. imminent attack. You know it's going to happen. Um, would you just chill in your apartment and sleep at your ex's house for the night? What's your, what's your go-to move in that situation? Well, knowing me, uh, I would be way above the curve and I would be prepared like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd want to stay. I really want to be with my family, but my family and Brittany's families are not the same spot. I don't know. We'd probably hunker down here. Yeah, I mean, people try to get in. They're going to they're gonna regret it. We don't got enough food to go around. <laughs> Getting futile fast. But I'd be uh, on my uh, top five list of ways I'd want to die. This uh, radiation poisoning, puking blood until you die, probably in that my top five not ways I want to die so uh, I don't know I would hate to sit there and die like that 
Not gonna lie, I would have used that gun a lot sooner. I feel like than they pull out the gun in this movie. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Josh, on the off chance that someone hasn't seen Night into Day, how would you describe would you, this movie? What would you do, Pat? Oh, I would establish my dominance right away. We are... <laughs> Factions are coming. It's going to be a post-apocalyptic um, wasteland. I've played a lot of Fallout in my time, so I'd gather resources. I would, you know, establish my clan, um, warlords, establish a base. Um, Is this the message you want to send to the young folks that listen to this pod, Pappy? Assemble an arsenal of weapons and supplies. Definitely try to align with Brett's clan because I know he's going to be holding down Fort Wayne with his, <laughs> his armada over there. And yeah, just start to take over the United States, the new Pap United States, as we call it. I, I know one thing I would do for sure. Like, since everyone in that apartment complex left, man, I'd be tearing down some walls and uh, getting a little more space. <laughs> Dude, like Peter Gibbons in office space. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you got a dead guy in your bed and you're laying on the floor like, open that wall up and lay in somebody else's bed. <laughs> hey, the neighbor's got a king, honey. Let's sleep over here tonight. <laughs> but Josh... All right, sorry, Pat, go ahead. No, Josh, like I was saying, on the off chance that someone hasn't seen Night Into Day, like I said, I, I don't know the exact budget. We're talking about a an indie movie, but I will say we've done this about, you know, I think this is like our fifth time, our sixth time. We've turned down people with this request before and you never know what you got to get first of all in terms of production value i would say very competently made josh but how would you describe night in a day um i would say not only competently made but we've with indie movies low budget movies i feel like audio is a thing that comes up a lot right true and i think acting this movie had clean crisp audio and i think they even did some like panning and stereo design that i appreciated I don't know if you guys noticed that or were listening in headphones, but yeah, I think they went above and beyond some places, to be honest, for for something that you'd expect in a film like this. In terms of story, though, it's a very dour story. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you guys say? Like, it's not... There are many moments of levity. It's a very intense movie. I thought the first 20 minutes were actually really fantastic. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) exactly what I was... opening montage the silent montage was like really 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 well done Mm -hmm. and then like the first explosion scene i mean the special effect on that was maybe not what it could have been but everything about that that first 18 to 20 minutes of the movie i thought was pretty stellar especially considering the the possible budget constraints so did you guys draw any parallels to the classic pixar up Yes. With that montage? A hundred percent. I don't know why if it was just the piano music or what, but I was I was feeling that job. That's like a messed up gen like millennial Gen Z sort of version of it of up or something like that. <laughs> the less romantic version. Uh anything that stood out for you, Josh, in that montage? Let's I like I said, our listeners probably haven't heard it. Just want to give a quick rundown of our characters here. We learn a lot about them from this montage. <laughs> yeah, sure. So we had uh, two main characters are James and Katie. And this story is the romance of James and Katie. And they start out very in love. He actually tackles her on the beach. And we just covered Thief in which <laughs> uh, Jim Belushi just drills a woman on the beach. quarterback 
thank you. But you know what? He's a lot more gentle with Katie in this movie. And his name is James, too. Interesting. Must be... I, that scene is definitely ripped off of Thief, don't you think, Pat? A clear <laughs> reference to Thief from Ben Hall. Well done, Little sir. Little known fact, his real, his middle name is Belushi in this movie. <laughs> but I, as far as like their rise and fall as a couple, because this movie, like the real start, start of the movie is them like signing divorce papers, right? But we see them fall in love. It seems like James has a gambling problem and possibly a spending too much time with the podcast buddies problem <laughs> don't don't we all he plays in a band so you get a feeling hey now. he wasn't always the most like attentive husband and we can talk about this maybe later but katie does or does not cheat on him at some point and then he emotionally cheats or something and then you're kind of where they are at the point in the movie where they've been separated for a while and now they're officially going through with the divorce papers. And I'll say this, Ben, I'll, I'll address you directly since you commissioned this episode. Like I said, the first 15 minutes, fucking fantastic. Like, honestly, like the the, the way the montage is set up, I, I'm emotionally invested in these characters. The, the piano was... Um, elegant along with this, this montage then we meet the characters the first dialogue's happening then the explosion happens at the 15 minute mark uh, a nuclear bomb has been detonated in los angeles um we don't get into necessarily the politics of what's happening but there's this sort of omnipresent radio television voice talking about you know escalating tensions or whatever and basically the setup is our two star-crossed lovers james and katie are now trapped in an apartment together did you get any kind of pandemic vibes from them being tracked together <laughs> i don't know why i thought this was going to be a movie about the pandemic i don't know if ben said something about that in his email but yeah, i thought so too but it kind of reminded me of that right like they're stuck in the place together worried about getting infected from something katie I think they did a pretty good job of writing the copy and displaying like the news sounds and the radio updates. Agreed. But they at one time show the traffic from an overhead view. And it's like the you see all these like red lights in a stream and white lights in a stream. Do you know what, I'm, what shot I'm talking about? Definitely, one hundred percent. I feel like I see that on Reddit every year I've, at Thanksgiving. Like Los Angelinos leaving I know. For Thanksgiving traffic. I'm a video editor in real life, and I've seen the stock footage somewhere. Like I've seen the shot, this very same shot. <laughs> Maybe it's from Reddit, though, Pat. That's a good point. I like that shot. I mean, but I guess I guess if it's stock footage, it's probably not as good. But it's just it took me out of the movie for a second. You know what I mean, Brett? Because I've just like seen this exact image. Yeah. And that actually goes into my point, my next point, which I didn't think about until just now, is they, he could have been like, you know, when you have budget constraints, you can get really lazy. And I think all of us would be, would admit that 
we don't like the trope of listening to, you know, it's an hour and 15 minute movie and half of it is them watching CNN, you know, uh, or, or uh, on their phones listening to news reports. And I like how the fact that he could have gone with that and taken up a bigger chunk of the movie, but he like believed in his dialogue and, you know, the phone shut off immediately. The power shuts off immediately. And I actually respect that. Uh, I guess as a young broke filmmaker, he could have like really leaned on that. And I feel like we all hate that. Well, I like how it's like juxtaposed with like, like I said, like the elegant piano at the beginning, but the movie actually starts with the newscast then it's like the the pretty sounding piano. Then it like goes back into them watching the news, and then it's this, this couple butting heads. I, I have a lot of positive things to say about this movie, but I did not think Justin Gaston was good as James. I'll just say that now. I thought he was pretty pretty bad. Actually. I thought he was. I thought he was pretty good. Like the first half, that I feel like something happened, and then he was less good. Well, if we're gonna offer criticism like this, I would say. A weak scene from him was like when he's in the car talking to his like buddy. Hello? What up, dude? Hey man, what's going on? What you doing tonight? Ah, uh, yeah. Going to Katie's. Ah, uh, is that tonight? Yeah. Dang. Well, hey, when do you come on afterwards? Nah, man. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you the, uh, the gig Tuesday got canceled. Damn. Yeah. Alright. Right. I hope the offer still stands. Maybe it'll cheer yeah. you up. Yeah, I'll, th- I'll think about it for sure. All right, I'll have a cold one waiting for you. All right, thanks, man. All right, cool. I'll see you tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you later. That's a definite. All right. Okay, I'll see All you right. soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he's like melancholy at the beginning, it's just like, it's not really working. That was a low light for me, but I think there were times in this mov- movie where he was effective. I didn't have an overall problem like you did, Pat. I didn't either, and I actually liked the scene where he was talking to uh, Artemis. I thought he showed a nice little mixture of apathy and empathy. Pap, would would uh, you offer any specific examples of a positive or negative, though, if you're going to go into him like that a little bit? <laughs> no, I was with you. I feel like I feel like with both early phone conversations, it, there was something a little bit like an awkwardness to them, like Katie talking to her sister or whatever, and him talking to his his boy. I... Like the way he enunciates words was just kind of strange to me. He has like this very like I feel like the character was cast with the idea of like what he needed to be in terms of like his personality as like the husband in mind. But I I wasn't buying it like later when he's like trying to be tough with the gun or anything. I mean like he's when he's dying, he's dying. You know what I mean? There's not too much there I have to complain about. But I like the way he delivered his lines just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But on the other hand, I thought Jessica Renee Russell as Katie was pretty fantastic. I thought she was really, really good in the movie. That's typical. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. I can't wait to see you and Mom. We can't wait. Love you. Kiss kisses. Bye. Love you. Bye. She really annoyed me in the first half of the movie. And I think at first your mind is kind of tricking you into thinking like, oh, I don't like this actress performance or something. But it was really in the way like her character was so. Did you guys get that at all? She was like so contrarian, maybe, or. She was contrarian. Plus, like she never let like he tried to make 
the best of a situation and she like wasn't having it. And she was just like, you could tell she was someone that blamed him for everything. And you, you, you kind of wonder throughout the movie whose fault it is. And then you find out at the end, it's literally was both their faults, but she was like, uh, she was wait She was cold. It took her longer to open up than it took him. And we can be more specific about this too, because I think when he comes over specifically to sign the divorce papers, shit hasn't gone down with this like war yet. He seems to be wanting to have like a nice time, pleasant with her, right? And she is much more uptight, pushing him out, kind of. Yeah. It kind of all stems from that, I think. Plus, like, he was scared and he, like, didn't really want to get caught in traffic. And she was like, uh, that's your fault. That's your problem. Okay. I guess that's it then. Well, well, what you signed everything, right? Yeah, no, it's just it's this mandatory curfew started like ten minutes ago, but I, I don't know how serious it is. It's, There's uh, like a million people on the freeway. I don't hey, think anyone's going to. Please don't call me that. It's going to take me three hours to get to Van Nuys right now, and people are scared. I would just prefer not to be on the roads. Okay, then where are you going to go? Absolutely not. <sighs> Why are they signing divorce papers on the eve of the nuclear holocaust, though? Like, couldn't they have gotten this done, you know? Yeah, but remember, she didn't believe it, though. She just kept saying you're overreacting. My biggest problem with her was she'd be like, we need to go. We need to stay. Why did we stay? We should have gone. I mean, like, make up your mind. We'll introduce Artemis here in a second, because I think that's where we are the plot. But I want to stay on the relationship super quickly Josh you brought this up earlier I was a little confused by the line where she says she wanted to be with other men is that like the exact quote but then she goes on to say that she it was never sexual sexual but she she did sleep with that guy right is that what we're supposed to I I, I couldn't tell I figured we'd get to that we're there Josh go ahead yeah go ahead Josh I don't have an answer for you I think you just nailed nailed it on the head they talk about it Okay, so apparently there's like a party or two where he spots her flirting and there's another party where she spots him flirting. And she asks him, yeah. hey, did you, did you do it with her? Like, did you have sex with her? And he goes, I wanted to. And he goes, did you do it with that Kyle guy? <laughs> and the next thing they show is just him puking in the toilet. And I think as... Uh, from a filmmaking language, I think you're supposed to believe that like she did it with Kyle. I, I do too. But then I thought the line that Pappy mentioned later, she says like, she just kind of, she didn't exactly say it, but she craved the attention of other men. She wanted to be with other men. Maybe they were like, like you said, he was with his gambling buddies all the time and she's either with him or I don't know. So getting boned by Kyle is nothing sexual. <laughs> nothing, nothing sexual, <laughs> just intercourse. <laughs> no, but I thought I what my what I was trying to say was I thought she was saying she like one of you guys said earlier she kind of did have an emotional affairs, but I thought she said nothing sexual. She just craved being with other men. I didn't think she, but I don't know. I we couldn't really tell. Did you think she slept with that guy? Get in here, Brittany. She said Brittany thinks she did. <laughs> well, then I got to say, this whole divorce is mostly Katie's fault. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. 
Like, he has a gambling problem. Okay. But, like, then she has an affair, and he sees it, yeah. and then he flirts with a chick, and then she throws a pot at his head. Like, she tries to physically assault him after he didn't mm-hmm. cheat on her. She She's a mixed character, yeah. yeah Complex character. I, and then when we catch up with him, when we catch up with him, Pap, he's trying to be pleasant and sign these papers and take his time, and she's like, well, why didn't you prepare more for this? Why didn't you? <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, dude, back up a little bit, man. Yeah, and then at the beginning, like, I couldn't tell why she was so mad at him in the uh, montage. Like, you know, yeah, he was gambling with his friends, but he, like, winked at her. And then he's sitting there, like, having a good time while she's, like, yelling at him about some bill. Like, <laughs> she just, she just kind of, I guess you could kind of, I'll, I'll do my whatever SJW thing for, it. you could tell it's kind of a, earlier I was thinking, this is definitely a man directing this because, it made her seem like a wet blanket, like a wet blanket character. Um, but again, you kind of find out later that they were just both. Uh, I don't know. They, they, I do like I do like that at the end when they just kind of like they both screwed up. They both weren't what they needed. It sounded like they literally never agreed on anything. Having a little meeting with the wife with the bill in her hand is maybe a sight I'm familiar with <laughs> in the past. <laughs> but I mean, nothing like serious. I feel like gambling could be a major wedge in a marriage but the way it's displayed in the montage is like you said brett he's just like playing some like texas hold'em with his buddies like are his buddies just like yeah, if he was like blowing <laughs> if he was like blowing a rail or something then yeah i get it but are his buddies just sucking him dry slowly making him bet all his money to them away all he does is push like a stack of chips and a couple of like singles and in the middle of the pot it's like how could this be devastating i guess like he would have brought this money to the party i would assume like i don't i don't know well well again i, I promise we'll get to artemis here in a second but josh as a holy man did you like uh james that's his name right yeah james's redemption as a now a praying man he's, he's not a religious man he makes that clear but he does have a a spiritual side to him it's all about Jesus Christ for him. Jesus Christ, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, honestly, I think ugh, this movie could have taken a turn or two and been an all-out Christian film for Bible studies. You know what I mean? Yes. But the fact it refrains from going all out but still takes yeah. the chance to bring it up, I mean, I don't really have a problem with the pap i thought it was it's pretty sparse it did kind of it did kind of explain away at the end why he couldn't commit suicide agreed so yeah. it was kind of a nice little um setup for that he's like, like at again, the gates of, in your face <laughs> he's at the gates of heaven and saint peter's like well you didn't pull the trigger so you're good even though you had your ex-wife instructed yeah. to kill you i don't know exactly how that goes down Rain's too hard, streams are too high, too many people barely getting by. But Brett, I promise Artemis, let's get to Artemis. He's like the one, I mean, other than like a, a literal nuclear bomb that explodes, he's like the one character who, who comes in the story and kind of mixes up the pace a little bit. What do you think about Artemis, our friend? I liked the Artemis, I mean... I know it's not a horror movie, but 
like I thought there was like almost like pretty darn good horror elements when after they get done hiding and they think he's gone they come out and that door creeps open dude I gasped I audibly gasped that was definitely I was like holy crap Uh, yeah that was like legit freaky so uh, that was really well done Uh, but yeah no I liked him he had a redemptive ish arc why would if he was a bad and evil man I mean why keep them alive just kill him I wouldn't hesitate. I would put a bullet in that guy's head. Like, I, and I'm not trying to like sound like tough guy or anything, but like in a life during wartime situation, there's no point in taking hostages. Yeah, different rules. I'm not trying to sound like a badass or anything, but like I couldn't believe they like actively tied him up and then were like caring for him or whatever. This man tried to to kill you, basically, leave you without food. Um, yeah, Josh, what do you think about Artemis though? Mm. I mean. Think think this through though, Pat. What do you do? You shoot him in the head. He bleeds all yes. over your shit, and you push his body into the hall, and just. And then I go live at the neighbor's house. Uh, <laughs> what, what was <laughs> Antonio's house? That's pretty dark. But here's my two notes I do have on Artemis. I think he met, his character's name may have fallen prey to some sort of like kind of indie film artsy sort of am i supposed to tie some of this to like greek religion of the goddess of wild animals like whatever artemis is the huntress you know what i mean it's like a little it's a little too much of a name i think a little too could be like artemis from it's always sunny in philadelphia sure uh Besides that superficial complaint, um, I I thought one thing that was interesting that kind of struck me right after I watched the film was, do you think Artemis is the reason they like kind of like their health went downhill so quickly? Uh, Like, did he contaminate that? Like, obviously, they could get contaminated through the windows and just everything. But I think it's the window, honestly. Um, Or the wall. I mean, yeah, I, I mean. I think so. It came in through the window, through the wall, plus they had the sweat pulled down there. Um, <laughs> there he is. Uh, but no, I mean, again, radiation, is, I mean, it, that window's not stopping it. It's already gotten in the building. And yeah, for sure, it's definitely on him as well. I guess it could have been a very minor catalyst for it, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, my nuclear science is not what it should be. I'm not a nuclear expert like Katie was. With James flushing away a lot of their savings into his gambling, I feel like they're probably in a building that has like C4 cement rather than C <laughs> the Oof, superior yeah. C5. Yeah, I mean, I think I did see Gareth leaving. <laughs> Bro, you got to give it to us. Well, well I, I can tell you what. The traffic was not fine. <laughs> My understanding, this is based on a cdc.gov slash radiation slash emergency slash get inside.htm reference, is that they would have been better off moving to like the middle of their building, right? Yeah, so they would probably. have been like, like sleeping in the hallway or whatever, and if possible, sleeping in like the basement. Um, him sleeping like anywhere near the windows probably did more than any kind of like secondhand radiation that they got from Artemis. My. 
my main complaint with <laughs> Artemis is that the whole movie is very one note, right? Like, and I'm not saying that Artemis could have been this like comic relief necessarily, but I wish there was more chemistry between Artemis and Katie or Artemis and James, or that somehow he brought them together in some fashion, right? Other than just caring for him. Like I, I like like the saddest movies I've ever seen, you know, like Schindler's List has some moments of of levity with like what's happening in the factories and everything and trying to expand that time while in the factories and some like, you know, Manchester by the sea has some funny moments in it. This movie doesn't have any kind of respite from the sadness, right? Like, did you guys laugh at all in this movie? Was there any kind of joy that you found or no? No, I guess I, no, I, I, I wouldn't say I laughed at all. I think there's two jokes I can't remember one of them, but one of them is she's asking about like this nuclear bomb that hit in this like massive ah. like world conflict, and she's like, "Who do you think shot first? And he said, "Ha, Han Solo." Yeah, yeah, that was that's a good line. Han, I feel like there's Han, obviously. Oh, he also calls her a terrible shot with the whole like suicide thing. Yeah, that was you know what I did chuckle. I did chuckle. Mm-hmm. Now, who wants to bomb? Who wants to bomb Kenosha, Wisconsin? That was that was bad. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Hello, Wisconsin! <laughs> you brought up the shot. Uh, Brett, you want to just take us through how this movie ends? This is spoilers, by the way. If you're joining us from Night Into Day production crew, first of all, welcome. Um, but we will be spoiling the movie in case you haven't seen the movie that you're in. But Brett, what happens at the end of Night Into Day? Okay, so they both just get a bad case of radiation poisoning. Uh, they're slowly vomiting out their insides. Uh, and they pretty much talk about that it's going to be a terrible, terrible, terrible death. And she decides that she wants to end it. Uh, they were going to wait 48 hours. Side note, there's a difference between coming FEMA coming in after a tornado and FEMA putting together a plan to deal with radiation everywhere. But anyway, I digress. Um... So he says he can't do it. I don't know if it's because he's a coward or if it's because of the religion thing that we mentioned earlier. And she's going to shoot him. For some reason, she backs up 10 feet. I was like, well, get closer. Why are you so far away? Shoot him in the head, She's going to shoot I him mean, in the leg or in the stomach type thing. You don't want to get, like, splattered, though. You're about to die. Who cares? I would prefer a clean death than a grazing bullet through my ear. I mean... If that's not going right through your heart or, I guess, going through the and piercing your spinal cord, I mean, I want to be shot in the head. I don't like this. Ugh. This conversation is just so dark. We watch... Okay. The Mist? This movie is so dark. I don't know. If- no. This movie says you shouldn't commit suicide. Southland Tales. Don't commit suicide. The Mist. Remember when... Uh, what's his name? That main guy? He shoots everyone else and it... Tom Jane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jane just ends up screaming outside. <laughs> yeah, do you want to end up like that, Pap? No, but I'm saying, like, to shoot him from 10 feet across the room <laughs> makes no sense. Like I said, he's going to be like, you shot my leg type situation. Pappy, ask me the question you were going to ask me. Brett, is that gun capable of killing a man with one shot? <laughs> Steph, like, from, from the. Yes, any gun can. 
That looked. I mean, that's probably. I don't know. You said you said certain guns are not for. Or for yeah, no. I, wounding. I, I don't. I don't I know guns. I wouldn't want to be shot. I wouldn't want to be shot with a twenty-two from ten feet away if I was trying to die. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, shoot him in the head. You can kill anybody. That was at least a nine millimeter. Was the ending cliche too cliche for you, Josh? Because I I did like that they reconnected, but it feels like in like. An A twenty four movie, they would have just like died. <laughs> you know what I mean? They would have just died like together in the bed or whatever. This they it is a happy ending to some extent. I don't know how far gone they are on radiation right. poisoning. To to her point, to her point, she's like, you know, a lot of the dreams that she had in life, like having children, are now obviously gone. Brett, you seem to think they're dead. But Josh, was the ending wasn't an uplifting note for you at the end? I think I need to hear from Brett why they're dead exactly, and then maybe I can judge if it's happy or not. Well, first of all, okay, let's let's pretend for a second that one helicopter is going to find them in the next day. Let's pretend that, okay? Because it's not like they can go out and flag the helicopter down. I just pictured it being like a North Korean Black Hawk helicopter just mowing people down <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> I mean, Josh, that's a uh, that's a lot of bile and stomach lining and stuff that they've been puking. I mean, sure. I'm just saying, plus, I don't know. I mean, that's a couple days of radiation in your blood, baking your, I, I don't know. Brittany actually had no idea. So we, we, neither one of us really know, but I guess I'm just going to say that she was pretty much on her deathbed and he was knocking, knock, knocking on heaven's door there. So if they don't find him the next day, yeah, I think the movie shows that rather well that they're both really bad off, right? It's possible though. Maybe to Pappy's point, it still is kind of a happy ending because as far as an arc as a couple, they've kind of come to an understanding kind of at the same time that there's like this glimmer of hope. And that's the last thing you at least see on screen is that hope. Yeah, I do like that. It's like not 50-50 ambiguous, but there's enough ambiguity there that to make it to give people hope for sure. I, I, I do like that. It, it's pretty well done. Does that vibe with you, Pat? No, I, I interpret it as a happy ending. Like They're both likely to get out of it to some extent. Um, like I said, they're going to be pretty fucked up afterwards and they're going to you know, literally bear the scars of this attack for the rest of their life. I... I, I didn't feel a lot of connection between them because, to be honest, and again, I, I, it, it's hard, right? Because, like, this the person is, we've talked to this person, Ben, he's emailed us. He, you, ben, you commissioned the movie. I, I don't know why James and Katie love each other, to be honest. I mean, the montage is beautiful. We see their relationship. Um, they like to make out on the beach, they like to host parties. No, they're playing football on the beach. Brady in trouble. Here comes the rush, and here's the hit. And alive. Brady's up. That's good to see. Right, which leads into some smooching or whatever. <laughs> well, he tore her ACL on the beach, so that's why she hates him. I don't know. I wish I could have, like, there could have been some through line of why they actually love each other, other than they're both really attractive people. <laughs> like, a little throw, A little throwaway line about, I met you that night. I knew that you were the one, or... Or I'm glad. I'm glad my band showed or, up. Or like at, 
at the party, at the party where they first meet, she throws something to him and it goes totally over his head or whatever. That's a callback to the end. It's like you never could aim. You know what I mean? Like something like yeah. that. I don't know. Like that's really cheesy. But like I have a fix. What if part of the montage and maybe even hit on like a second time before like when they're signing the divorce papers is that there's some like board game that they're playing against each other. And then maybe Artemis could have come in and they could have like taught him that. I like it. It's something. But like, I feel like their love is literally represented in that wedding photo. And yeah, it's like showing and not telling. But at the same time, a wedding photo doesn't tell me why two people love each other. You know what I mean? It tells me that they are in love. And I just felt like I would have felt a little bit more if there was some bigger reason. But any any final thoughts on night in today, Lance? Did you like the Artemis uh, and his last dying fever dreams thinking that he, it was his wife and apologizing to her? I did. Yes. I was a little... I, I thought that was good. I, I, I liked Katie as a nurse interacting with Artemis and that kind of like care and that kind of pull that she had with James, like like wanting to care for him, not like, you know, wanting to take care of him. I thought that made sense with the character. I was very frustrated, one, when Artemis returns. Why do they not just say who's at the door? You know what I mean? Like, Why does he not announce himself better than that? They look through the people. Like, we don't get to see what he sees through the people. But they, at no yeah. point do they say, like, Who's there? Which would be the natural thing that you would do, especially when you have a gun. Like, Unless they were still trying like they did earlier to act like nobody was there. I, no, I, no, I, At yeah. first, but then they decide they're going to open the door. I feel shitty because now I feel like I'm like the voice of criticism. But another thing with Artemis I didn't like, him leaving the apartment was a little overdramatic for me. You know what I mean? Like he's walking out into the fallout wasteland. It's like, Kill Bill's final five steps. It was Kill Bill too. very dramatic. And like I said, I, I could have used an injection of a different personality or tone or something with Artemis rather than this is like so heavy, like here's your bag back, man. Thanks, brother. I'll see you on the other side. It was just so heavy for me. And I would have liked some <laughs> levity. I don't know. Something just would have made me laugh really hard is if they would have shown him go outside and immediately puke and die. <laughs> <laughs> like two steps from the door. That's dark, bro. Uh, yeah. Josh, you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Why did he puke yellow and they were puking like dark maroon? I thought the dark maroon was worse puke. Like, but I don't know why. Like the yellow is the early stages. And I also feel like the early stages were, sorry, Artemis. Sorry. Uh, Christopher Watson but I mean if you're gonna puke in an indie film maybe you should really puke that was not very convincing you just had some like red shit in your mouth or you just had some yellow stuff in your mouth spit up on the floor (laughs) be a method actor really puke like (laughs) I'm just joking but the puking was like and coughing like I don't know if we mentioned that but that's like a big it's a mm-hmm. big part of the texture of the movie, I would say. Did you guys like the subplot of needing the, was it sodium iodine or what was it? Potassium iodine or whatever. Like the, there's like some MacGuffin cure that like Katie goes out and looks for at one point, like on the off chance yeah. 
like if there's anything I've learned from this pandemic is like if there would be some kind of like early warnings of a nuclear attack, all of that medicine would be gone. So you know what I mean? They would, like people would have bought that up. I would assume, right? Like to be fair, she basically said at the beginning it would almost virtually do no good. True. She kind of said that without saying that. So. But it's a big point like, of the movie. There's like, should we go get it? I'm gonna get the medicine. Yeah. No, you're not. It's like, it kind of waffles back and forth and doesn't go anywhere and just kind of like is there to fill up time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That was part of my annoyance with her character too. When they had that fight about like who should go and who should watch Artemis, she's still very much like combatant about everything. And I feel like right when the nuclear bomb hits, like that's when you become family. It doesn't take very many conversations family. after Plus, that. Plus, he literally, he literally dives on her after the bomb happens. Yes. He cuddles her in the shower like he's making her feel better. I mean, like, and she just never, like, comes around to him until the end, so. Well, I thought that was fantastic in terms of, like, the screenplay. Like, he, in these moments of crisis, he instinctively is selfless in protecting her, right? Like diving on top of her when there's a nuclear explosion. This is at, literally his ex-wife at this point. And I thought that that worked for me in terms of showing the relationship. I don't know why he loves his unfaithful, judgmental wife, but... They show why. It goes back to that beach scene. Dude, did you see his abs and chest hair when they're on the beach? Yeah, they're both very <laughs> hot. That's why they love each other. <laughs> um, Wait, can I say one more thing, though, about please. that? Okay, so they hit on sex a little bit at the beginning, but I feel like they, I'm not trying to be pervy, but I do think that should have played some sort of factor in the second two-thirds of the film when they're, like, cooped up like this. Like, Well, there was one, there was one point they were like, do you want to sing or dance or, and he kind of, like, looks over at him and says, is he going to say fuck? Is he going to, like, propose okay. screwing right now? Or but no. he really doesn't. He doesn't, but, like, I thought he was I'm going I'm sorry, to. but... Come on, you're you're doing it one more time at least. I think it would have been effective I mean, if they did it early on, and that almost created like more of a wedge for a while. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, then you find out that why she left him. Like he likes to, he plays a little too violent. Jesus. No, Dude. I don't nope. like that. But I did like. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there's a clever bit of editing where they go from that beach football makeout scene to they show the bed, but they show the end of the bed with like the sheets rustling, and you think they're, excuse me, you think they're begging, but like it scrolls up there just kind of like cuddling in bed with like, their feet or whatever. That's, that was clever to me. That's post. That's post coital though, Pap. No, for sure. But I thought like we were literally like he was sh showing us. This is them having sex by showing like ruffling under the sheets, but oh no, they're just like cuddling or whatever. I thought that was a little clever. You got me there, Ben, with a little misdirect. But let's let's get into yes or no's. I'll go first. Um, this is the hardest thing that we're ever asked to do, and like I said, we we've turned away quite a few of these requests. Ben, I do apologize for how long it took this podcast to get out. We're, we're releasing podcasts from June as I'm speaking now and it's much past June. So don't take it personally. I had a big backlog. Um, you know, the yes or no criteria is tricky because 
it, it's one a judgment on the film, but it's also a recommendation to the audience. Can I can I say that this seventy five minutes is worth your time? I appreciate that this movie is about like a nuclear holocaust and like you know that's been a sort of damocles has been hanging over the species for a long time and like i know that global warming is important i know that like now there's a new focus on the, the impact that disease can have on us as a species but there's also these set of weapons that has the potential to do incalculable damage and cause incalculable tragedy to us as a species that still exists so i like that we're dealing with with that threat um it's a dour movie, man. It's not an easy watch. There's not, like I said, not many, if any, moments of levity in the film. And for me, the, the sticking point is, I'm sorry, Justin, but like I just did not think James as a character worked for me at all. And when you have three characters in the movie, really two main leads, that's a big hindrance. I'm going to give it a very, very very soft no but if you like this podcast um it, it never hurts to check out a movie that that's helping to support make this podcast go uh night into day ben hall i think you have a lot of talent i think there was a lot of cleverness in your direction in the camera movement in um in like like brett said some of the horror aspects of the movie but i i just it's a it's a tough watch it's a dour watch and and honestly it's not what i needed right now so a very soft no for me but much better than i was expecting and and frankly on the pantheon of like these kind of indie movies that we've gotten asked to review one of the best if not if not the best so soft no but don't take it personally um brett why don't you go next All right, well, first, let me give a shout-out to Christopher Michael Watson. I see that you graduated from Florida State. Uh, I'm a diehard Noel fan. Go, Noles. Um, Secondly, like, I don't want to – I'm not going to call any movies out by name. But first of all, I hope you know that we we get money to do this movie. But, like, trust me, they're not, like, buying our – we are who we are. We're going to be honest about a movie. So – um, comparing it to some of the other movies, like I know you had a problem with Justin Pat, but like if you look at compare his acting to what we saw in DF, I mean it's like night and day. So true, true. like, and we look at that indie movie compared to what we saw today. I mean, like we said, the first fifteen twenty minutes is like super well done, and Josh mentioned the sound. I mean. It sounded really, really good. Uh, the colors were good. The lighting was pretty good for a dark room. I mean, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a soft, maybe even bigger than soft. Yes, because for what it is, um, I thought, like you said, I think Ben Hall did a lot of really cool things. Um, yeah, it's it's dour. There's nothing. There's very little joy in it. But you know, there's not a ton of joy. No, I'm not gonna compare it to that. Never mind. There's a lot of movies that have don't have any joy, and it doesn't necessarily make it good or bad. So, um, yeah, I'll give it a yes. I like what Ben Hall did, and the acting was good enough compared, especially some of the other ones we've done like this. So, uh, I'm looking forward to see what Ben does in the future with a maybe a bigger movie and a bigger budget. So, 
Yeah, and I will say too before Josh, you go. Um, if I'm grading the effort, it's a hard yes for the effort. And Ben, I'll be watching your career. I hope you make more movies. I think like, I think your next movie is going to be fucking fantastic. You've got what it takes, but I mean, anyone's first movie is is a tough yes to get. But Josh, will you give that tough yes to Ben Hall and Night in the Day? I like how you said this was on the upper echelon of indie films that we've seen for this pod. I definitely think so, and I think. To mention a movie we covered before, Deadlock, uh, it kind of reminds me of that. And I think something you have to deadlocked, deadblocked. No, I, I don't. I didn't. I, sorry, I don't, I don't know this movie. So go ahead. Sorry. Um, Elevator movie. Yeah, I think something you have to do as an indie movie is kind of mitigate your settings. How many different places are you shooting? There's got to be some kind of trick in the plot to make it all take place in one apartment like we see here right and i think knowing that that's kind of a limitation i think this movie is effective in making you feel things when it wants you to when they're looking to answer the door and maybe dramatically when it's artemis and yeah he probably should have been like hey dudes it's artemis let me in but when they are like cinematically when you're watching them go to open the door I, i think you're feeling that I didn't have the same hangups on Justin Gaston, Gaston, or I don't know how to say his name, uh, that Pap did. And I would never talk someone who was Romeo opposite of Taylor Swift in her music video for Love Story. Whoa. Was not used for his dialogue. I'll tell you that. Bro. And Uncle Jesse. <laughs> um. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm giving this movie a soft yes. Uh, there we go. There's a couple special effects in this movie, but like they, the little trick to show it in the in the reflection of the main character's glasses is like a nice little trick to keep your costs down, but still tell the story. I don't think the cinematography necessarily blew me away. I think some of the montages and sequences felt like you had to hit story beats and maybe cinematography came second but again it's an indie film and like I said the most important thing I'm looking at is if you're effective in making me feel an emotion and you were so that's a yes for me Nice. there we go two yeses one no that's a very solid score and Ben I just want to say first of all thank you for supporting our podcast and thank you for making art we're just three douchebags talking shit about art other people makes so i hope you take the criticism with a grain of salt i would recommend for our audience you know it's five bucks you know check out check out a movie on amazon it may even be less than that it might be free on amazon prime but thank you for listening thank you again ben if you want to request a movie or if you're an indie filmmaker and you want us to review your youtube video you can do that and spoiler man will tell you how take it away spoiler man Special thank you to our patrons, Nurse Stacy. You gave up. Nick. You need to trust me, okay? This guy is unpredictable. Brother Brian. And here we are. Brother Ellis. Did you sleep with him? David. I just want to make it through this. Druid King. Whatever you say, babe. Matt Troll. Let's go. The Meg. You're brave. If you'd like to request an episode, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilerspodcast. 
play with him. Spoilers.